Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. As someone who was recently ordained and is still adjusting to the fact that a stole is now a regular part of my life, I've been spending a lot of time this week contemplating just what exactly it means to take this particular vestment on. And so it was a good use of my uh, sermon prep time. I did a lot of research into where the stole comes from and why we use it. So may I present a brief history of the stole and its use in the Christian church. <laughs> it's really brief, I promise. Derived from the Latin word stola, which itself comes from the Greek stole, the word simply meant a garment of clothing. Now, there are lots of theories about how and why the church adopted the stole for its clerics, but I think the simplest and most likely is this. By the fourth century, the Roman Empire was using stoles to denote the rank and occupation of certain people within its bureaucracy. It was also around this time that Emperor Constantine decriminalized Christianity in the empire and began to invite clergy into its administration. The stole designated a person as belonging to a particular organization and denoted their role within the group. Well, this already sounds a lot like how the stole functions in the church today. It tells us that the wearer is an ordained minister in the church, and the way we wear it, either around the neck as our priests do, or over one shoulder as our deacons do, tells us something about the kind of ministry the person has been ordained into. Now, there is a lot that could be said here about Christian ministers wearing symbols of imperial rule. And while that is a conversation well worth having, it is more than this sermon can carry this morning. But I'll happily have that with you anytime. All I will say is that by the time the Western Church had adopted the stole for all of its ordained ministers, the Western Roman Empire had already collapsed. And now, over 1,600 years later, I think we are safely enough removed from that original context to think more closely about the function it serves today. As is so often the case, the church adopted the stole for practical reasons and then developed a theology for it after the fact as a way of giving it some new meaning. Now, one popular understanding of the stole comes from the opening verses of Psalm 133. Oh, how good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It's like fine oil upon the head that runs down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, and runs down upon the collar of his robe. So the stole is a symbol of the oil of consecration used in the priestly ministry of Moses' brother Aaron, and a reminder that a priest serves as a community leader who brings people together in unity. A second understanding comes from Jesus' words in today's gospel. 
Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The stole is a symbol of Christ's easy yoke, a reminder that we should learn from him and do our best to imitate him. Now, as is so often the case, there's a historical context to Jesus' words here. And I won't spend too much time on it, but it is worth mentioning all the same. As Andrew McGowan, the dean of the Berkeley Divinity School at Yale says, Jesus' ministry was conducted under the yoke of Roman occupation, and the poor who followed him were often day laborers experiencing economic stress and political oppression. Jesus' words are not just existential or interior, but social, and offer a vision of life where each is valued and where all needs are met." End quote. The invitation to an easy, light burden, while available to everyone, would have been a powerful and potent promise to all those who labored and toiled under the heavy physical and social burdens of the Roman Empire. Put another way, while the gospel is not partisan, it has always been political because the good news of Jesus Christ has something to say about the ways we live and interact with one another, about our mutual interdependence, and about respecting the dignity of every human being made in the divine image of God. Our context has changed since Jesus first spoke these words 2,000 years ago. But the sad fact remains that too many of us live with economic stresses and political oppression in our lives. Decisions made by the Supreme Court last month have sent a clear signal to those carrying student loans, to people of color, and to members of the LGBTQ community that this country's promises and prosperity are only readily available to a certain few, and that the already indebted and marginalized, those the systems and politics of the present day have chosen to leave behind, must work that much harder just to find a seat at the table. It is a difficult truth true both here and around the world, that when the already privileged work to maintain their privilege, others are necessarily kept out. The work that is needed to level that playing field can seem overwhelming. It can feel like a yoke around the neck, like a heavy burden that cannot be carried. But the good news of Jesus is available to all of us without exception. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest, says Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, about this time, you may be asking yourself, how can something so overwhelming, so heavy, be easy and light? Well, a yoke, when used properly, is designed to help a group share difficult work. It is almost never meant to be used alone. More importantly, Christ's yoke is that of his unconditional love. And as St. Augustine says, whatever is hard among the commandments, love makes easy. If the difficult yoke of economic stress and political oppression has limited the voices of God's diverse creation, then Christ's easy yoke and burden of love helps to bring voices that have been hidden away back to the center. We hear more and more of these kinds of stories every day. And this cultural shift has happened quickly in recent years. And it can be wildly disorienting. If you are feeling overwhelmed by it, you are not alone. As more and more of these hidden stories are given the attention they deserve, it can be difficult to keep up with the constantly shifting narrative we are learning about our history, our society, and ourselves. But wisdom, says Jesus, is vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom in this case is not a body of learning, but the person of Jesus Christ, whose self-giving, sacrificial love on the cross opened the way to new life. And all the research shows that when we learn to decenter ourselves, when we surround ourselves with diverse voices, and when we listen to and learn from the histories and stories that are different from the ones we grew up with, our learning outcomes, our empathy and compassion, all that we can conceive and achieve are expanded without limit. Wisdom has vindicated these particular deeds and through them, we see our own potential to become God's beloved community. It all starts with the easy yoke of love, the love of God and the love of our neighbor that flows from God, a love that respects the dignity of every human being, a love that asks what another person needs, a love that listens to the answer, and a love that responds accordingly. When we respond to need, with love. We will find that love is about more than simple kindness. Like Rebecca discovers when she offers water to someone who is thirsty, what we can offer in love to those in need has the power to change not only our lives, but the lives of everyone around us. 
Christ's easy yoke is transformative. And by choosing to take on that yoke, to follow and learn from him, we are choosing to decenter ourselves, to walk alongside others, and to learn from their experience. We are choosing to be changed. It is easy and it is hard. And so we wear this yoke together as one body, one beloved community born from God's love. Amen.